Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line. Give us a call, talk about whatever you want. But right now we have somebody who's, well, been making quite a stir in the Liberty community here recently. Adam Kokesh. Adam? Thanks for having me on. Sure. Yep. So, Adam, um, you know, for those that don't uh, don't know, you uh, had a radio or excuse me, a television program called Adam the Man. It was on RT. And no, 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 Adam, I'm not, not so pompous to call it that. Yeah, Adam, Adam versus, versus the man. man. Excuse me, I, I don't know why. I can't. <laughs> and, and it started. It started as a radio show, actually. That's uh, right. Local AM fifteen fifty KIVA out of Albuquerque. And um, how many episodes did you guys produce? Ninety-four, I think, was our last episode. I know we were so close to a hundred. It was like, oh no, we could have, we could have made another week. Um, <laughs> but uh, it it, uh, it it was quite a run. It was a lot of fun too. And it was daily. A lot. Daily. Yeah, five nights a week, half an hour of television is uh, you know. And I was not just the host, but the the executive producer as well. And so there's. Uh, you know, a lot of responsibility, a lot of work that goes along with that. And I, I had a blast, but I was working uh, really like 12 hours a day. Yeah, I was uh, going to ask that. I mean, how you know, how not, long does it take to do a half an hour? You know, my own intellectual enrichment, trying to, you know, read other things. But yep. just producing the show every day was like, a, you know, and, and, and doing the hosting was like a 12-hour job, doing the writing. Um, you know, and I had help. I had I had a, I had a... Uh, co-producer and an assistant producer, and uh, we had Luke and Jake as extra on-screen personalities to help me out there when my personality was lacking. But uh, <laughs> it, it was it, it was uh, it, it was intense. It was very intense. Now, um, and, and I was going to really ask that. I mean, you know, television is so much more intensive uh, than radio in a lot of ways, and I put a great deal of time into you know preparation for the show each mm-hmm. and every night, and and we do three hours, uh, so there's three hours of doing the show. But I don't think we probably do what a television crew does for, uh, per, per you know per show. So um, well, I'm, I'm happy to talk about it. If you want to hit like my, you know, my daily schedule was, um, yeah, was 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 pretty simple. Man, we get up at nine o'clock every day, um, you know, and and the three of us would meet and talk about the news and discuss plans for the show and talk about booking guests and put it together. And it would take us a few hours to sort of settle on a rundown, you know, a line, uh, an outline for the show, and then you know start uh, with the writing and get the writing done and get the graphics ordered. And we would work with a line producer at RT, and it was a, it was a good arrangement. But we would send in our scripts and our outlines or the rundowns and, uh, and and the visual requests. And there was a graphics department that did a lot of the graphics, and they would get ordered, and then they would all magically appear next to me on the television uh, when I would go into the studio. And I'd go in about five o'clock, and by then I'd have everything sent in, and you know they were doing that. They would go through the last minute processing there, getting the visuals. You know, into the show, and then I'd go in and do the show in the studio, uh, live to tape from six to six thirty. So I'd leave my house at five, um, get my dog in my car, and drive to the studio, uh, get prepped, get dressed, uh, put my black shirt on, go through makeup, get in, you know, get my my scripts in front of me, get mic'd up, go to the studio. Like I said, live to tape six to six thirty. We have our post production meeting. I was usually out of there by seven o'clock, um, and then I'd go work out. But then. It would be. Uh, I'd, I'd run with my dog around the White House. He was the only person I know that hates the president more than I do because he'd go take a you know piss in the backyard and then a crap in the front yard, and I'd be the one picking up after him. So 
but I did make a point of flipping off the White House every time I ran by, as well as all of the other <laughs> offensive government buildings here in D.C. While while running with my dog, and then that's I a lot of flipping. I come home and yeah, oh yeah, it was a it was a finger workout as much as a, <laughs> a run leg workout. But um, I would so I, I do that. I go home, you know, shower and eat and and relax and spend the rest of the evening, you know, working for the show the next day, reading ahead on the news, planning ahead. So like I was. You know, I was really, like, locked into that daily routine. And, uh, you know, there was some room for variation during the day, depending on how the show was coming together, you know, and some at night. But it was really, like, a full-time, you know, like, job and a sure. half in that sense. And it wasn't work. You know, it wasn't work. I loved most of what I, what, what I was doing, you know, on a moment-to-moment basis. I really loved the routine, liked the people I was working with, um, uh, you know, but it, 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 it was a job, yep. you know, it was, it was an obligation. It was, you come in, you have responsibility, but even more so importantly than that is when you say you're going to do a daily show and you commit to that, it's a commitment to the audience. And, and that was what I, what I believe I, I you know, I took seriously above all else. And, and that's what really motivated me. I think that, you know, that showed in the connection we were able to develop with the audience over the, the short four months that the show was in, in television form. <laughs> Tell me about that connection to the audience. Um, what kind of uh, what kind of metrics do you have to uh, to you know judge the popularity of the show by versus? I mean, it's it it can be very difficult in the area of uh, of cable television to really oh, judge yeah. listenership. Oh yeah, no, that's a really good question, and and I'm not an expert by any means. So um, if people want to find out more about like how Nielsen ratings work and all that, please don't take my word for anything in a sense, but. Um, RT is a very small network. It's not even a full national distribution. Right. It's on about 22 million cable boxes and several million, I don't even know the exact number, by satellite distribution. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't register on Nielsen ratings. But the disadvantage with Nielsen ratings is that, you know, they serve the existing concentrated powers, and the margin of error is so large that except for the major networks, they're almost, uh, you know, they're, they're not that relevant. Um Excuse me, and there's a lot of, of television like RT that doesn't even register, and so people are kind of going on faith and basing it off all sorts of other things. And what we had as our metrics was they had the uh, the live stream of the show on on the website, you know, rt.com slash USA. Yeah. And I never actually saw numbers for that. But the main thing that we were concerned with then was, was competing, you know, with other shows on the network by YouTube views. Okay. So we were, you know, after four months, beating our realistic competitors, the the Alana Show and the Hartman Show. Um, so you know, it was it was it, we we were by any metric that that was available, at least exceeding expectations. So you were uh, whipping the other shows <laughs> that were on RT, and that at the very least, that shows that uh, you know, in the race that you're you're in, you're you're winning. I mean, it's um, you know, I don't think RT could expect you to do any better than that. In the well, short time well, you're on, especially. It, it, well, it's sort of like what is when you're when you're putting out a product of this kind, um, you know, how quickly can you build an audience? How quickly can you sure. establish a regular viewership? A hundred days. And it's three months. At, yeah. <laughs> so, and, and you and hold on. I mean, you can look at our YouTube channel, Adam versus the Man RT. Um, but we were, you know, pulling somewhere between uh, five and ten thousand views a day just with our daily show. Like we reached, you know, wow. we had a million channel views. In, in, in that, that's very good on YouTube. That's in a really, that's really good. Time, I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's reasonably successful. You know, on our full, since we're putting out full episodes of thirty minutes of content that aren't, you know, designed for the internet audience. Um, specifically, you're you're doing it to fill that thirty minute time slot to be able to pull, 
you know, regular, you know, consistently 5,000 views within 48 hours of putting out a, you know, a daily video after three months, you know, we were, we were doing pretty well. So, um, I, you know, that's, I'm, what I, I'm, I'm in a really interesting position right now because I'm, I'm just sort of considering, uh, what I was able to do there, uh, what product I was able to produce, what value is that to the movement? What value, what, what market is there for that? Um, you know there there are some there's some talk right now about pitching the show to major networks, but I'm really seriously considering even if I were to get the dream job continuation of the show as it was with um, you know the next step up the TV ladder, which would be Spike or G4 or Current TV, you know something in that realm, I might seriously consider uh, going a completely independent model uh, online. If um, you know if, if the conditions are right, if, that, if that's not the best opportunity for me, but it, it's tough to say. You know, we're we're on the cusp of some major, major changes in how news and media are consumed thanks to the internet, and a lot of people like you guys with Free Talk Live are doing an amazing job, sort of straddling traditional radio and the new internet model. Yeah. But you know, in in video, it's a totally different ballgame. Yeah, it is. Um, it's got. To, it's it's very tough to do the sort of uh, the the uh, you know the on demand things on uh, in video. I mean, it's just so much work, and you know. But I I'm really impressed with those you that you those YouTube numbers. I didn't know those numbers, and I'm I'm extraordinarily impressed. Adam, I've got some more questions. Please uh, hold the line here. Um, that this is Adam Kokesh, and he's discussing his uh, television program Adam versus the Man with us here on Free Talk Live. It's Mark and Dale. You know that cigarettes will kill you. You've been thinking about giving the e-cigarette a try? There is a healthier option. 22,000 times healthier. Well, listen to this offer from Vaporsmiths.com. A pack-a-day smoker will save $120 a month. So you already start being richer, feeling healthier, and smelling better. What more could you want? How about a free starter kit? Just purchase 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. Free shipping on orders of $60 or more. 855-2-GET-VAPOR or go to Vaporsmiths.com. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. Check out freetalklive.com. There we have shop.freetalklive.com. It is a link where you can go and uh, you know get to the Amazon link that we have and the Newegg link, and you can do your shopping online that you normally do, get the same great products, service, prices that you would always get, and a little bit of your purchase price goes to free talk live it's a great way to do the shopping you'd normally do and support free talk live at the same time ruger's new sr40c is a compact version of the recoil reducing striker fired sr40 pistol one of the slimmest and most ergonomic full-sized 40 caliber pistols in the market today the sr40c is based on the same high performance glass filled nylon frame as those used on so many great ruger pistols offering the same features including a slim frame short trigger reach reversible backstrap ambidextrous controls the sr40c features a throw hardened stainless steel slide or an alloy steel slide with nitrodox pro black finish you can see it at ruger.com and purchase it at your local gun dealer again it's ruger com. Let's go back to Adam Kokesh from Adam and the Van and the Adam versus the Man. I don't know why I keep on saying Adam and the Man. <laughs> Adam, are you there? Yes. 
<laughs> so um, now you know the the buzz upon the internet is that um, your your show was canceled, and is th- that's a true statement? Yes, but uh, it was uh, mutually agreed upon by you know by myself and, and the network. It wasn't uh, you know we we were both satisfied with with the terms and and um, I, for my own legal sake at this point, there's still some unfinished business. Um, I'm going to leave it at that, and and, and I want to be totally open about this. You know, if if it, if it wasn't true, I wouldn't say that to begin with. Okay. Um, but uh, I, I am I'm, I'm able. You know, I'm, I'm happy to talk about any of the issues around that. But you know, remember, there's there's a another party here called RT America, and when when people want to know why it was canceled, first of all, you know, I can't try to speak for them, and uh, you know, and and, and I won't. Uh, speculate as to that because I had I had a really great experience working with RT. Um, it was a wonderful opportunity. I, I support the mission of RT America and j- at least as, as I know it to you know promote voices that aren't heard by the mainstream to provide uh, news in a way that challenges the mainstream understanding of, of news in America. And and I, I really was was honored to be you know in, included as a part of that for the time that I was. Now, um, and, and you know, I people have uh, brought up on on my show, and I'm sure they've. Uh, I know they've uh, confronted you about it. The idea of working for for a foreign power um, like RT, oh. RT, but you know, to me, if the United so the United States is an organization that does exactly what RT does. Or RT is a, an oh. arm of the Russian government, right? And the United States has its own broadcasting mediums in you know in and around the, the the soviet areas i don't know if they still do it but i know that they did it at one point and so there's really nothing nothing wrong unusual or untoward going on here the fact that the russian government has a, a media arm in the united states you know i mean anybody can watch it they're just you know it, yeah it's, it's all on the table it's all open and you know just like you can speculate about the motivations and actions of any government being basically to oppress and to control and to exploit. Yeah, you can read into that. But everything about the arrangement was, was out there on the table, and there was really nothing unusual about it. It's just that as, as libertarians, we often are, are very sensitive to to these kinds of arguments being made against us so in terms of marginalization, you know, because we're not arguing for the left or right of the status quo. You know, we're actually working to shift the paradigm. And so people will, uh, first of all, find naturally any excuse to resist that message, to resist challenging their own perspective on the world, because it's uncomfortable. But that discomfort will also be manifest in institutional ways of people, uh, you know, making political attacks and, and raising points like this. But and I... it, it, it's ironic to hear, excuse me, sorry, it's just ironic to hear that point from so many rabid nationalist patriots who to conveniently forget history when we got our founders got so much help from the French. Well, I suppose that um, you know, I guess that makes a, a certain amount of sense. But to me, just in the recent past, if not uh, yesterday, I don't know when the United States. I don't know that much about the, the Voice of America or whatever the um, you know the the broadcasting that mm-hmm. the United States government does. But I know it does broadcasting. And the other point that is to be made is the fact is every television station, every radio station receives license from the Federal Communications Commission, which means that they right. if if you're getting license, that means you're not you don't have the right to do something. You're, you have the privilege of doing something. Uh, 
So they're getting the privilege right. to broadcast from the United States government. I see, you know, that they're paying a fee for this uh, this this license. So there's still one can make the argument that all television and radio stations are government owned and oper- operated in the sense that the government they they own and they are they operate at the purview and the uh, the, the the generosity of the federal government. That's, I mean, one can make that argument if, if one wishes. Well, even 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 much more basic than that, Mark. You know, when you talk about corporatism in the United States, just being at the level where you're operating as an LLC, as a media company, as opposed to an individual actor, you have a big economic advantage. You know, the government is putting you, uh, you know, past, you, you have cleared one government barrier to competition that gives you an advantage in, the, in you know, in, in that unfree market. Mm. And so every American media outlet that's not truly independent and true independence, you know, is, you know, if you want to apply that standard is, is almost impossible to come by. I mean, if you're exclusively on, I mean, unless you're the guy on the corner with the bullhorn, you're not independent media. Yes. Don't you know, worry. They'll, they'll, they'll cart your butt off to, before too long. Uh, if you keep the bullhorn going too. <laughs> so, yeah. um, now, now the, 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 the level, the charges have been leveled that, um, I guess, some organization filed suit against you because you told people to donate to Ron Paul's campaign and your yeah. what's that? That was the kind of thing where you look at it and you go, uh, well, just in case I'll have my lawyer look at it. And, the you know, I, you know, I want to be careful with this and not be speaking for RT, but from my perspective it was like, yeah, you have a lawyer look at it, and they say, unless the FEC decides to do something, don't worry about it. And the FEC never did anything. It was it was one crazy individual complaining to the FEC in order to make trouble for the show because he disagreed with the libertarian premise of the show. So, you know, I, I don't think it was that big of a deal at all, but I, I can see why people would jump on that as the most obvious explanation. Well, I guess it's timing more than anything, right? I mean, so, I mean, it was, whatever yeah, it was. The, the complaint was, the complaint was actually filed uh, several weeks ago, if not okay. a month or two ago, I believe. Okay. So really, yeah, the, the timing wasn't that on anyways. So, um, you know, you said, you said that, the, you say that this has uh, really, in your opinion, nothing to do with it, right? Yeah, I just I'm not, I'm not even going to say because that that would be speculative. But it's, it's from my assessment of that issue by itself, the FCC complaint didn't really have solid legal grounds and wasn't something that the FCC was going to do anything about. Gotcha, uh, Adam. Please uh, hold the line here. I want to. I've got a few more questions for you. It's uh, Mark Randell on Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Lil Drums. Every bit as fun as a full-size Nestle drumstick cone and definitely cuter. Visit us at drumstick.com. Vacations are all about family time, but you don't have to leave home to have fun. Take one weekend a month and devote it to family activities. Pull out the board games and puzzles, serve up some treats, or have a picnic. Even without leaving home, you'll feel like you've really had some time away. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. Free Talk Live. 
855-450 free. That's the SACL toll free call in line 855-450-3733. You know the US dollar is devaluing. You can see it happening every day. You know that at some point a new currency will take over. Wouldn't you like to be on the ground floor of that currency? Bitcoins. They're a decentralized, anonymous internet currency. They're free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use them anywhere in the world. You can find out more about them by by going to weusecoins.org. Bitcoins can be uh, bought and uh, you know used to transfer. They're they're an internet currency. You transfer money across the internet. You can buy them as a commodity. They, they you know they go up and down versus other currencies. Check it all out at weusecoins.org. We are doing a short interview here with uh, Adam Kokesh from Adam versus the Man, and your uh, your program that was uh, on RT was recently canceled, and <clears throat> there's been a lot of speculation surrounding why it was canceled. And I just wanted to I wanted to give you the opportunity to talk about why it was and uh, perhaps dispel any um, any of these rumors. Adam, um, yeah, well, I. I think we addressed one of the yeah. rumors, at least the, the main one. Is there, yeah, I think so. is there something else you'd want to ask? Well, about? I guess what the next the next thing to ask, uh, you know, that I would be remiss in not asking, is why do you think that the show is canceled? Well, I'm not going to speculate. Okay. Um, you know, because I don't want to, you know, I'm not going to cast any, any dispersions on, on RT. You know, they have their reasons, and, um, you know, they've declined to make them public. So I'm, I would be speculating... From my limited knowledge, uh, anyways, you know, I mean, I had a, I had a, a part in it, and it was done. Uh, the the termination of the show was done, uh, you know, to my satisfaction as well. So, you know, I, I can say say that much, but that's that's about all I can really say. You know, there's yeah. like I said, there's another party here yep. uh, that is essentially the Russian government, and I'm, I'm not going to try to, you know, speak on their behalf. Now, what is, um, you know, obviously <laughs> the show went really well, had lots of uh, ratings and uh, lots of people were interested in it. I, you know, you surprisingly were beating out their other shows, including the uh, the much uh, lauded Tom Hartman in YouTube views, which is one of the few metrics you mm-hmm. had to really rate the show. Where do you th- where, where are you trying to take it from here? Well, you know, I'm, I'm I'm weighing my options. I'm I'm really kind of taking some time to to step back and consider, it. and and I'm I'm trying to think about this in terms of what you know, what can I do to serve the cause, but also, you know, what can I do that's economically viable and sustainable? Because sure. by looking at things through that method of objectivism and by applying the principles that we say we are applying to politics as, as libertarians and trying to convince people of libertarianism. Um, you know what? What what is the market demand? What can you know? I provide what you know. What is what is my skill set? And if there's a demand for it, you know what is the best way to do that? And and I've you know I've been talking to people that have uh, different independent online models. And uh, you know I'm I'm thinking about setting up uh, just setting up a home studio and being able to do more or less. You know now that I have the the the, the skill set and. The production awareness yep. and uh, a sense of what I'm capable of in terms of daily news analysis, commentary, production in you know that tight video format uh, of basically doing some version of the show itself independently online, and it's just a matter of finding a way. You know what what is the best way to serve the market? What is the best format? Um, obviously, you know we, we wouldn't really be competing with you doing you know an audio only broadcast. 
Um, oh, I welcome competition in this area. <laughs> I, what, I want what, as many Liberty Voices out there as possible. What would you change well, yeah, about exactly, the show? Exactly, when, that would be great. <laughs> what would you change really about the show about when how, it's... How do we grow the audience, too? Yeah. When you haven't that much so, control you know, over the show yourself, what would you change about it? Like, what we, Have you thought of things you might want to do differently when it's under that much control? Um, like, if, 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 if I didn't have the sort of production constraints, you mean... Yeah, you could do the, had, the show we yourself had full now. Control of the show at RT, like, and this was this is something you know that that we talked about before. But I, I really want to emphasize at this point that people, people know, like, you know, we really had, uh, you know, the whole time RT did respect um, my editorial control of the show that was written into our our original contract. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that they did a, a really good job of that. That they um, they 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 really fully respected it. Um, so. What would I change? Like, if there was unlimited production, I mean, it's sort of like, what's my fantasy? What What would our movement support? What does the market for libertarian news can it support? Can it, you know, what could the market bear? What would it What would it appropriately reward and support financially? Um, you know, it would be really cool if we could get all of the liberty media talent together in one place, like King, New Hampshire, <laughs> and maybe start a network where we're doing online, you know, video streaming content. Uh, you know, four hours of original content per day just for starting and, uh, you know, just loop it the way that, you know, um, you know, a lot of radio shows are just, uh, you know, available online at, at any time, live stream, and, and, and set it up as uh, an online libertarian news network that way. You know, I mean, these, these are all things that, that I'm considering. It's just sort of like what is the more, most, most efficient model to serve the needs of the market? And if we can pool our resources like that and maybe have – uh, you know what would be really a network, then perhaps the, the the market would bear supporting correspondence, and we could have our own correspondents traveling the world, reporting from hotspots where people are challenging government authority, where we could learn from other people's struggles, where that service could be provided. That really so, is, is the that fantasy. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the yeah, big fantasy, I mean, right? But, yeah. I mean, but that... if, if you look at the demographics, hypothetically, we're there. The problem is libertarians. Don't economically support the old models because we reject, you know, <laughs> advertising-based yep. Yep. television. We reject the corporatism. So how do you how do you serve the needs of that market? You know, you have to do, you have to significantly undercut the existing television marketing model at the same time and say, well, we're going to do, you know, it's all going to be free content, advertising free, or it's going to have this much advertising, uh, you know, whatever the case may be, and 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 find out what it because it, it's not just a new demographic. It's not just like Fox News was in the late 90s, kind of going, wow, there really is a liberal bias in the news media relative to the demographics of the viewership. And if we start a conservative network, we'll steal that viewership. We'll build that audience automatically. You know, when, when there's a developing libertarian voluntarist, uh, anarcho-capitalist market developing... You, I think America, the market you're talking about... Way, the, the market you're talking about are the people who are consuming a lot of internet media in general because they are yep. being awakened yep. and they're 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 aware they're aware of the BS and and they're not buying into so, it anymore. I think they'd be hungry exactly. for something that cuts through all that. And they're not and they're not just like a slightly different demographic, like of a different political stripe. It's, it, what you point to is so true. How we consume information and news when you when, when you know when when the average person in America today is going through the process of becoming a libertarian more changes than just what channel they want to watch yeah, and what perspective they want to see in their news. Like they, 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 there's still a desire 
to have people like like you with with Mark and Ian together. Um, you know, and it, it, it's it's funny that Ian's not with us tonight for, <laughs> for a very good reason. But um, what you are able to provide as a trusted source of reliable, timely news analysis, people want that. That is a desired product. People want to be able to tune in in their desired format and know from someone that they trust and at least understand their perspective, this is what I need to know about what's going on in the world today. Well, Adam, I'll tell you, if uh, if you do come up here to Keene, New Hampshire at any time, whether it's to visit or stay or whatever, I would uh, love to have you on Free Talk Live to uh, to sit in and uh, do you know some co-hosting. I think that that would be really great. Well, you know, we talked about it. I'm really hoping that the opportunity comes up. You know, I'm still... Uh, you know, we just had our last episode last Tuesday, um, still wrapping up some of the logistics around that. And, you know, I, I got a lot of uh, irons in the fire. I got a lot of different possibilities. I got a lot of different things I'm looking at and, and avenues I'm exploring. Definitely open suggestion. If people have ideas about existing outlets that they think I should pitch the show to, um, you know, please feel free to email me, Adam at AdamVersusTheMan.com. Now, is AdamVersusTheMan.com still your website? Yes, yes. We had that independently, and we still own that domain and all of that, and um, we're able to continue the show with that brand. Adam at AdamVersusTheMan.com. Adam, thank you for being on Free Talk Live and explaining what what hey, happened. Hey, my pleasure. Thank you, sir. Yeah, exciting to be able to have this kind of media conversation and give people a chance to you know look under the hood and behind the scenes. Thank you, sir. Free Talk Live. The Ruger LC9, compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP, features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip, and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com lc9. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. It's Mark with you. And Dale. Go check out news.freetalklive.com. There you can get all the information about Free Talk Live, the news updates that we email out, Twitter, Facebook. You can be involved in uh, whatever way is best for you. It's news.freetalklive.com. Let's go straight into the calls. Dale, let's take uh, Chris in Texas. Chris? Hey, how you doing, Mark? All's well. Uh, yeah, I want to talk about something that happened to me here. Um, my my name is Chris Bailey. I actually I live in Austin, Texas. I ran for state house of libertarian last year. I ran for city council this year. I'm kind of a, a liberty activist here in Austin. And uh, Friday night, I've I've kind of entered into a business with somebody. And what we do is we give people free rides in downtown Austin. Yeah. Uh, and we've got electric vehicles that we do this on. And they, they look kind of like golf carts, but they've got two forward-facing seats. And we operate for kind of a tips-only basis. Well, the problem we've got is there's no law allowing a business like this to exist. Um, but there's no law saying that it can't exist either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're, there's, there's, no, there's just no laws about it because nobody's tried to do this in Austin before. Right. This is, the uh, they did this in Por- at Porkfest. They had, well, I think it were, they were actual golf carts for the campground, but people were... So are they, do these things have yeah. license plates on them, Chris? 
Actually, we do. We register them with the state, and we actually get rebates from the city for buying electric vehicles. They'll, they'll cut us a check for 500 bucks every time we buy one of these things. I see. Okay. So the city's actually paying us to buy these. Um, and so this business started up about three years ago, and what happened is the there's there's certain special interest groups that feel like we're competing with them and giving out rides the for taxi yeah, cab companies only. <laughs> oh yeah, and yeah. The taxi companies don't like us a whole lot. I'll bet they don't. And yeah. So, so anyhow, we're not operating in a very big racist uh, uh, area. I mean, uh, yeah. the the area that we're operating in is you know fifteen twenty bucks square. Right. You're essentially um, really comp, uh, competing with the pedicabs um, or, you know, those kind of things. The, the guys with the bicycles that can uh, ride people around because most people won't take a cab for that short of a distance because they don't want to wait for a cab to show up. And, you know, then it just it just feels like a waste to them. This is uh, this is operating sort of on a I don't know, call it a lower but a more localized level than a, a taxi cab really would. I mean, I can see why they think it's stealing their business. But in fact, <laughs> To some extent, you're growing the pie. You might be taking a piece of their a piece of the pie that they might have had at one point. That doesn't make it their pie, but a piece of the pie they might have had. But you're also growing the pie because you're getting. Uh, I mean, you're more interactive with your uh, with your customers. You can see them. There's no windows and glass between them, so you can, hey, you know, would you like a ride? Um, just just down the block or whatever, and and you know, give me a tip. You know that's that's a it's, exactly yeah it's it's a different people, kind of business. People love this service. Yeah, they, people like this service. But if you've been anyway, doing it three so, years, they must. Yeah. So th- so after three years, we've racked up about two hundred tickets and arrests for our employees, three the people years. who come and work for us. Two hundred. And so we've got to provide them with with a lawyer and legal representation. We sure. take it through the court system, fight it, demand a trial by jury. We had two trials in the last week, and the. The first one, we were found not guilty because we're not breaking any laws. And the second one, they just threw it out. So anyways, with uh, the Austin Police Department now really focused on us, and they've, they've been increasing their enforcement of this non-existent law lately. And they, What is they the law that they're it. using? What, 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 are they, what are they claiming? We are operating without a permit. Okay. It's a Class C misdemeanor. It's like a speeding ticket. Okay. Now, we have... A girl that's 19 years old that's a driver for us, and they they actually arrested her without warning. They took her to jail and impounded our cart, and over something that is as trivial as a parking ticket, really. I mean, this this ordinance is pretty much the lowest level of of violation. Have you been convicted on this yet? Uh, well, with 200, uh, there are a couple of times where just the juries came in and said you should have a permit. So we do have a couple of convictions here. Well, uh, let me ask you this. Majority of um, are there pedicabs in downtown Austin? Oh, yeah. There's 225 of them, 227 of them, now, something d- like that. Do they have a medallion? Uh, yes, they are permitted. They do fall under city ordinance. So but the city they, ordinance is specific that says that um, that that uh, it's a pedicab, right? Like it's clear that pedicabs need pedicab medallions and that taxicabs well, need taxicab well, medallions. I, right? I need to know the difference between pedicab and a pedicab is a bicycle. Correct. Uh, okay. Petty means you're using your legs. Petty is it is a leg modified power. bicycle, like it's a rickshaw. Yeah, essentially. Okay, and yeah, so a little seat on the back. And and this would be your I would say your main competition would be the pedicabs, uh, just because of the yeah. localized ver- way of way you do things. Um, so, 
I, what it seems to me that the uh, the the jury is is saying is is that well we feel there's a need for licensing in this area and you're not licensed but you know it doesn't sound like it, it I mean it sounds like a bad verdict to me Sure well a majority of the time we're acquitted found not guilty and and recently all of the the trials recently and most recently just this week it's it's not guilty or it's it's just thrown out um, every now and then they'll they'll try it, and every now and then they'll they'll convict us of something like operating an illegal transportation service or or something like that. That mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's so minor though; it's so petty. Anyway, so Friday night I went out and I started driving one of these because I hear about the guy's problems. I'm thinking, well, you're not breaking any laws, and people like this. You're not doing anything wrong. And sure enough, the cops see me. They come up to me, they put me in handcuffs, and they lock me up over $4. I didn't ask anybody for money. Somebody handed me a tip of $4, and they saw that person get out and hand me 4 bucks. I was going straight to jail at that point. Wow. It's just, it, it doesn't make any sense at all. And so we're trying to uh, you know, just make people aware of the, the regime we've got down here in, in Austin. and. Uh, there's a regime uh, everywhere, Chris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there is a regime everywhere. That's no joke. So. Yeah. We're going on uh, day 20 here of uh, Ian's incarceration for, uh, you know, a, a victimless crime, waylaying a cop for 45 seconds. I mean, there, there's a there's a regime everywhere, no doubt about it. Chris, this is um, this is interesting, and I, I hope you keep us abreast of it because this is uh, – it, it, it's, it's interesting – that, I had no idea. This, this is, is what's happening. It's a kind of the, activism, a kind of agorism, almost. This is what's happening in in America, though. Is that now in America there has to be a law for you to do something, not a law against you doing something. <laughs> that's how people's. Yeah. That's how how subverted. How 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 much like caged animals. It's, it's so much easier than Americans banning are. things. Is just to say you can't do anything unless we give you prior permission to first. And and <laughs> and the people, as it were, the juries, they they tend to to agree with that. Americans, well, are you allowed to do that? Wait, 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 wait! I'm allowed to do anything they haven't disallowed. So I think it's I think it's very sad, Chris. Yeah, it's the truth. You know, a lot of people ask. They say, "Well, you know, do you have a permit?" And I politely respond, "Well, there's no permit that exists for what we're doing. So, no, we don't have a permit. It's true. So, yeah, and then yep. people actually, unfortunately, buy into that. Well, you need to have a permit. You yep. should know that. <laughs> you should have a permit for drawing <laughs> breath. I mean, I don't have a permit for for walking. I don't have a permit for sleeping. I don't have a permit for for breathing. Uh, you know, they don't. If they don't have a law against it, I don't see how you should. Chris, it's thanks for the uh, the update on this. This is very interesting. Please call us back when there's uh, there's more to talk about. Um, give us a call at eight five five four five zero three seven three three. It's the SACL toll free call in line here at Free Talk Live. Dale, I've got an uh, interesting story that I'm going to tease here. Apparently. There was a town meeting, and it looks like it was in uh, Florida with uh, Michelle Bachman. I may be wrong on the uh, the location here, but it was suggested to a Florida audience that apparently God was punishing America with hurricanes because of the politicians not being able to come to a budget situation. Well, there's, there's so many different things God is punishing us for with these different hurricanes. I, I, see, I thought it was I, you gay guys. I thought it was me. Yeah. I thought me being gay was causing the hurricanes. Right. And I was feeling like... I a, was ready to throw your you butt know, into the, the... I felt like Storm from X-Men. Like I had these like sp- weather manipulation powers. <laughs> I was going to throw you into the volcano to appease God. And his, uh, <laughs> you know, he's not real happy about that whole gay thing. Um, you know, I, I, think this is, I think this is a very interesting topic about what sort of people believe regarding 
divine intervention. I mean, people have have tried to explain things in the weather. Does this mean forever. we need to throw the politicians into the into the volcanoes? I, you know, and, and I'm 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 still not for that, <laughs> but it would hurt me less than throwing uh, anybody else. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. I don't want to advocate for that. Yeah, I mean, but I, but I but I can't help thinking about it a little bit. But here's <laughs> how many of them do this though? I, you know, there's there's been people who have done this all all throughout U.S. history yeah. and and frankly all throughout human history is oh well you, this is happening because of such and such. You think that we've discovered science and things like that and don't have to resort to such nonsense anymore yeah. to explain things? Yeah, I, I would just or like to control to go, things to go down the list of the you know two hundred and something or whatever recorded at, um, hurricanes in uh, U.S. history and ask um, Ms. Bachman exactly what which one of these hurricanes, what was each of these hurricanes for? Right. She seems to know. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. Do you want to take back control of your own money? Then take a look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the world's first decentralized anonymous internet currency and it's gaining popularity every day. It's free to use free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use Bitcoins anywhere in the world. To learn more, visit weusecoins.org. Your dollars are going down. Learn more about Bitcoins at weusecoins.org. That's weusecoins.org. Talk Live, 855-453-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line at 855-450-3733. It's Mark with you. And Dale. Bringing you uh, the the live Free Talk Live edition here. You know, um, Free Talk Live, not only is the show interactive, you can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about, but the website's interactive, too. You can go to freetalklive.com. You can put stories and pictures and blog posts and whatever you want there. Uh, Post them. Let other people check them out. They'll vote them up, vote them down. You can vote other people's stuff up, vote it down. It's extraordinarily interactive freetalklive.com. It makes it more likely that we're going to see your story, too. It's a great way to enter show prep. That's really what we started it all in the first place, so that yeah. we could uh, show prep. Rather a, lot getting... of people, no, a lot of people are nervous about calling in. You can always call in with the topic. It's the best way possible to have your story heard, but if that's, that's people are nervous about calling in or something like that, it's a great way to get, your, uh, get a story up. And a lot of people would email us a story, like the same story seven different times. Oh, like yeah. The, not the same person, but this way, people. Yeah, it's yeah. so much better it's just it's better for everybody this way so let's go to speaking of calls let's go to matt in illinois matt hey guys how you doing today all is well um well the reason i called in is i got arrested yesterday how's that uh, what happened i wanted to discuss my experience okay well as it happens i am a registered sex offender all right um and earlier this year i was kind of uh I've been told that I have high blood pressure and that I should uh, exercise to get rid of or to control my blood pressure. Sounds reasonable. So I started, I started walking, and there's a, uh, a bike path that goes through the forest preserves out here. It's a very nice path to walk. I walk about three miles a day. And uh, yesterday, as I was uh, returning to my car, I was approached by a couple of officers who asked me if I was who I was, and I told them I was. And, they arrested me because, as a sex offender, I can't walk in the forest preserve. Sex wow. offenders can't walk in forest preserves? 
That is correct. Did grief. I, apparently you didn't know that, right? No, I had no idea. I wouldn't have been walking there if I had uh, uh, realized that, and I certainly wouldn't have identified myself to the police. Right, right. They asked you. How did they even know it was you? Because they ran my plates on my car. I see. So that's the the other thing I wouldn't have had was I wouldn't have had my car parked in their parking lot for them to run my plates. Makes perfectly good sense. Um, Because it's a good thing that it's a good thing these cops are out there protecting us from uh, sex offenders using the park. (laughs) Right, right. Well, and it's a new law. It was just passed this year in January, and um, I was. Uh, convicted in 2002. Uh, I'm sorry, I was convicted in 2004. I was uh, accused in 2002. I was convicted in 2004, and I was off probation in 2007. So, you know, I I thought that uh, when I was on probation, I realized I couldn't go to parks and stuff, but after I was off probation, I was supposed to be able to. So they changed that part of the law mm. uh, in January. And as I said, naturally, I wouldn't have been doing these things. I'm not going to take the the chance. It's it's a class A misdemeanor. Uh, it's going to cost me money. Yep. And the the experience of going to jail. I was arrested at about one in the afternoon. I got to the jail at about two in the afternoon. I spent twelve hours in the holding cell waiting to be processed. I could not get a hold of anybody on the phone. Their phone system that they have is meant to just simply rip you off. They have a phone right in the holding cell. Uh You dial one, then you dial zero for a collect call. So I'm thinking when it gets through, it's just going to, um, it's going to um, be a collect call, like a standard collect call. So I, I'm calling my mother because that's the only number, the only phone number that I can remember, and I'm right. going to have her get my my sister to come bail me out. In the world of the of cell phones, nobody knows any numbers anymore. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. You're right. We we were discussing that uh, me and the uh, ten other inmates that were in there with me, and um, I, and my mom. After about three or four ties, my mom answers her cell phone, and immediately there is a a person on the other side cutting me off, telling her, instructing her that she has to call this 888 number, and then she has to accept um, some kind of conditions she has to pay for before I can talk to her, and then I'm hung up on. And I, I didn't get to say word one to her. Yeah, That was my free phone call. Oh, good grief. That's how the free phone call in the, in the uh, county of DuPage in the state of Illinois works. And my mother told me that she called this number, and they charged her eight dollars to set it up, and then she had to put down a minimum of, or and then she put down fifty dollars worth of phone calls so she'd be able to talk to me if yep. I came in at length. And then she says now if she wants to get her money back because I, I managed to make bail on my own, but if she wanted to get her money back, it's going to cost her five hours. Uh. uh Before you go on, Matt, let me try to explain this to people. Already, it's like, you know, six bucks a minute or some ridiculous amount to take a collect call from jail. Because why? Because they have a monopoly and they can do whatever they want. The the, the whole jail process is a racket for all kinds of companies that have deals. Now what they've changed 
is they take um, they they have people pay in advance rather than people skipping out on extraordinarily large phone bills. They'll have people pay in advance um, so that they can take them on cell phones and stuff like that. So you'll pay this fifty dollars ahead of time. But if you're you've got a situation where a loved one is just in jail for a couple of days and you don't know how long they're going to be in for, you put this fifty bucks up. You're never going to get this back. I mean, let's be serious. You know that these company companies are the mafia, and you're never going to get this crap back. But they've got deals. You know, these are obviously people who have, who know people in government positions oh, sure. who have got deals for these kinds of rackets with jails because they've got literally a captive uh, customer base. Indeed, they do. Go on, Matt. Right. Right. All I wanted to do was just have her call my sister because my mom's down in Florida. I couldn't remember my sister's phone number without the um, without the in my cell phone. Sure. And I started to realize if I'm getting out, you know, it's going to be midnight, one o'clock in the morning, which is which it was when I got out. I'm going. I can't just call her at that time and expect her to answer. And, you know, have her come down and bail me out. Now, the fortunate thing was I was able to use a credit card to, to make my own bail, and that's how I was able to get out. But um, I, there were several other people in jail with me, most of them for driving violations, most of them for driving while suspended. Um, they had their cars towed. It was going to cost them, you know, up to $500 bucks, yeah. to get their cars back. Uh, these are people with, without jobs or that need their car to go to work. I mean, there's reasons why these people's license are suspended, and then it mostly has to do with money. Yeah. And then they get busted, and the people are wanting even more money. It's like, where do they think these people are coming up with money? They don't really care. You know, I, I know that's know. that's what it, what it all boils down to. They don't care if you know that you're not allowed to be that they've passed some arbitrary rule that you're not allowed to be in certain parks um, at you know at certain times or whatever. They don't care whether you um, you know you can make it to work so you can pay the fines that they've issued. They don't even care if you pay the fine. Most if of the time, you, I think a lot just of throw this, you in jail. Yeah, once you're in jail, you've, you know they figure some loved ones will you know will, will get bled for that money because they don't want their loved one it's in extortion. jail. Yeah, it's all kinds. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely taking hostage. I think, yeah, I think that's what happens when these, yeah, these fathers who can't pay child support because they're just absolutely broke and can't even feed themselves a lot of times, and uh, they put them in jail eventually, and 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 say, you know, well, after X amount of money, you know, you can get out, and then you have. You know, anyone who cares about them donating to try and get them that's out. That's exactly what happens. And, and you have other people like paying the child support. It's you know? like one of those muscular dystrophy things where they, you know, where they put they put somebody in jail and then they, you know, you you give as much money as you can to get them out. Yeah. Of, of quote, unquote, unquote jail, and it's a fundraising technique. This is it in real life. Yeah. It's, they they, it's they the take the, the the father who you know for whatever reason is out of work, can't pay, or whatever whatever the reason is, mm-hmm. they put him in jail where he certainly can't work, and then they say, you know, come up with this amount of money and we'll let you out. Yeah. And it's not the full amount. It's just some arbitrary amount right. of money. It couldn't possibly get the full amount because it's crazy. probably some some ridiculous amount that's built up. Matt, um, have you talked to a lawyer about this? Do you know any idea what's going I, on? I have a lawyer. I haven't talked to him yet. I just got out today. I want to wait a couple of few days. I want this to kind of roll off my back. I want it to sink in. I want to think about it. And then I'll call a lawyer. Um, I have no money. Yeah, yeah, I'm unemployed. You know, I I got no money to to pay for a lawyer. I don't know what I'm going to do. Whether I'm going to get a um, call us uh, back and uh, let us know, Matt. Uh, give us a call at Free Talk Live eight five five four five zero free. 
As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. It's the SACL toll-free call-in line. Go find out ways to promote Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live is, well, it is a unique radio program that brings you programming unlike any other radio program out there. If you believe in the ideas of liberty the way we do, you know there aren't too many other programs that believe this and can bring it to a mass audience like Free Talk Live can. Promote.freetalklive.com allows you to... You know, print up different flyers and all kinds of things, banners uh, for your website. Go check it out. It's promote.freetalklive.com. You know that cigarettes will probably kill you, and you've probably been thinking about giving the e-cigarette a try. It's a healthier option, 22,000 times healthier. Well, listen to this offer from Vaporsmiths.com. A pack-a-day smoker will probably already save about $120 a month, so you'll already start being richer, feeling better, and smelling better. What more could you want? How about a free starter kit? You can get a free starter kit by purchasing 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL at Vaporsmiths.com. Since the shipping, since the, the cost of those 40 cartomizers is over $60, you'll get free shipping. And you'll get free shipping on any order over $60 at Vaporsmiths.com. And you can call 855-2-GET-VAPOR instead of going to Vaporsmiths.com. If you wish, it's 855-2-GET-VAPOR, Vaporsmiths.com. Before we go into the calls, I really wanted to address this th- uh, thing with Matt. Matt uh, called in just a minute ago, said he got arrested for uh, taking a walk in a park. He is a registered sex offender. And, um, you know, it's hard to listen to that and say, oh, sex offenders, I sure do like those guys, because nobody does. Of course. I mean, of course. I mean, it's They're the single most vilified group in America, I'd yeah. say. It's, it, it, I've, I've talked about this before. It seems like uh, a requirement that you be. Um, it's almost like people don't want to be in any way. They don't want to, uh, they're worried so much about what people think of them. If they don't hate sex offenders really, really vigilantly, you know? Right. And that's what you're not. It's what it seems to be mostly about is like, you're going to be, they're going to be suspicious of you. I must hate them more. They, 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 they're bad. They rape children. And, and of course, the sex offender doesn't necessarily rape children. Right. The sex what, offender could be anybody from peeing behind a tree in the woods to, uh, you know, all kinds of different things. It, yeah. And, and, know, and but that's what to, comes to people's mind. That, that immediately someone, yeah. you hear sex offender, you think they, they raped kids. And, but um, one has to ask oneself, whatever the sentence that was meted out by the court, that should be, it seems to me, the sentence that they get. Because this idea that you, um, that, that, Folks uh, can just have their uh, their lives manipulated in this fashion. It seems to me in the United States that a person should do their sentence. Their sentence is over with. They should be able to live their life. 
you walk through a park and you get thrown in jail for a class A misdemeanor, that's the highest level of misdemeanor, punishable by up to a year in prison for walking through a park because you didn't right. know. I mean, really? Should pedophile- it's harder It's harder uh, to be a sex offender out in public than it is to be in jail, I think, uh, in a lot of ways. Um, it, it may very well be true. But, this, but so Matt is likely, I'm sure he's paying property taxes, paying uh, all kinds of taxes to keep this park up, but he can't walk through it. That's that's yeah. taxation without representation, and it's immoral. Yeah, let's go to Erod in Georgia. Erod, hey, how you guys doing? All's well. Okay, hey, I want to talk about an incident that happened about a little over a week ago. Okay, I was I was coming back from North Carolina, and a friend of mine was driving my car. He got a ticket for speeding. Now check this out. What the, what the law is in North Carolina, because you went 15 miles over, you have to appear in mm. court. Mm. Never mind that you live in Texas or somewhere else. They want you to, to appear. <laughs> now, these good guys in North Carolina say, oh, don't worry. <laughs> We're your friends. We'll take care of you. If you can't appear, well, you know what you have to do? You have to hire an attorney. Mm. And so my friend, all of a sudden, after a week, is, is flooded in the mail with a bunch of these attorneys who are going to represent him. Now, in the past, you know, you get a ticket, you're, you're out of state somewhere. They, number one, they target out-of-state tickets oh. because they know that people are just going to automatically pay. Right, they're not going to fight it not, in court. Right. <laughs> right, it's not cost-effective to come back, you know, 1,000, 2,000 miles to go to court. So, you know, it comes in the mail, you pay it. Yep. But now these guys, you know, these, these people in North Carolina, they have their well-greased cash extraction system. You know, now you have the lawyers say, oh, we want in on your little system now. But the lawyers were in from the get-go, though, Erod. This is uh, this law was passed by lawyers that are now uh, state reps and stuff like that. Um, it is enforced by the judges who are lawyers. I mean, this whole system is lawyers. No wonder the lawyers have set up a system for the lawyers to make money on it. Have you, you know what, is this something, see, I've never heard of anything like this. Because like I said, heretofore, you know, I've been in places you know, like I used to live in California, you go to Las Vegas, you get a ticket, you know, it comes in the mail, you just pay it. No one has ever said you had to come back. But now these guys are ramping up their cash extraction system, and, and, and they're saying, oh, we're finding new, creative, innovative ways to take, your more, to take your money. And now they're saying, oh, you've got to come back now, and now, but, but we're good guys. No, 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 you don't have to come back. Just pay our lawyers, and they'll represent you. You talk about adding insult to injury. I've never heard of anything like this. Is this new, or, or, or has this been going on for a while? I've heard of it. What? I've heard of it on very fast situations where you know somebody's really going over the limit. But when you're talking about 15 miles an hour over the limit, and that's what it was, right? Yes, 15 and, miles an hour over the limit. And but, by the way, this is a wide-open highway. I think the speed limit was 70, so he was probably going maybe 86 or something like that. And by the way, he could have been going 100 miles an hour, and it would have been perfectly safe. And we all know, all studies should uh, uh, suggest that speed doesn't kill. But it was a wide open. But again, all it is is just a machine to ching, to ching, to ching. And you know, and this is talking about. I, I, I'm sorry. This is just adding insult to injury, oh, yes. making you come back. I mean, what purpose does it serve to have to pay 
district attorney now to go and represent you. I mean, all they want is the cash, oh, yeah. but now they want more cash. But that's what it's, it's just, speeding tickets have been going up, up, up. And you'll have to recall that most cops don't give tickets for anybody going less than nine miles an hour over the limit anyway. And a lot of them don't go give t- give tickets for anybody who's not going 15 miles an hour over the limit. So, so it's, it's most speed tickets at this point. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, essentially what they're saying is just about everybody who's getting a ticket has to appear. And I think that this is ridiculous. I mean, if they were talking about, you know, 50 miles an hour over the limit or something yeah. like that, I suppose mm-hmm. I can see that that makes it makes more sense to me. But the idea that they're just doing it at 15. No, yeah. I don't think it does. No, no, it doesn't. It's, it's, all this is just that the blood-sucking lawyers want yep. in on their little machine of cash extraction, and that's all it is. And, you know, like I said, this is totally new to me, and when he got the ticket, it just kind of blew me away. I mean, this is absolutely crazy, and I, I, I just can't believe that the people are just taking this. And Well, yeah. and they will. And, well, it's because they pick them off one at a time. They don't, they don't, they don't get the people all at once. They, they get them uh, one at a time, and, and, you know, it's like, whoa, wow, that's scary. That's terrible that happened to that guy. Yeah, well, glad we'll it wasn't me. Yeah. And, but then it is you a couple weeks later. Yep. <laughs> Erod, thanks for the call. Pathetic. Appreciate it. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous SuperTuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your SuperTuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line. 3733 is what uh, have free spells and numerals or something, if you don't have the numbers in your phone. If you don't know what SACL CAI is, SACL CAI is a company that handles accounts receivable for businesses. If you have a business and accounts receivable becoming burdensome to you, SACL CAI will handle that vexing task for you. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged off receivables. They do it in a manner that is respectful of your customers. Principal over there, Jason Osborne, big supporter of Liberty, big supporter of Free Talk Live. It's SACL CAI. You can see their banners at the top on the right-hand side of the page. SACL CAI. And we will jump back into this story that uh, we sort of left for some calls there, Dale. Michelle Bachman apparently made some statement that would be easily – let me read the statement here. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than making any you know, com- com- comments on it until then. So I don't know how much God has to do with – uh, has to do to get the attention of the politicians. We've had an earthquake. We've had a hurricane. Um, he's, he said, you are going to start listening to me. Uh, uh, he said, are you going to start listening to me here? Listen to the American people because the American people are roaring right now. They know government is on a morbid obesity diet and they've got to rein in the spending. Why can't God just use the phone? 
Like, I mean, if you, you know, hurricanes and tornadoes and earthquakes and everything, I mean, just pick up the phone. You're you know, this supreme being for crying out loud. So I agree with what she's saying that the you know the federal spending is out of control. I disagree that um, you know with with the fact that she's not able to do any kind of compromising in any way, shape, or form on uh, say military spending. But you know this attributing it to God thing is really just pandering to a certain sort of denominator out there. People, for one, if there's a hurricane and a tornado. Maybe God made them, maybe they didn't. There's a verse in the Bible that says it rains on the just and the unjust, which mm. uh, to me is uh, essentially says that, hey, you know, sometimes just S happens, right? Mm. Um, secondly, your assumption is that uh, you know the mind of God and you're interpreting God's wills and action, you know, whatever it is that he, he's doing and why it is he's doing it. I mean, who, who knows why God sent the hurricane if God sent the hurricane? The idea that, he's, that she's suggesting this it really— might have been to clean up some debris. It's, it's rather—it's hubris is, is the, the word that comes to mind here. Of course, yeah. And I, I find it, you know, very, very disturbing. Now— the uh, they say Bachman here, founder of the House Tea Party Caucus, made her first campaign. And by the way, they want to do that to make her seem like the the founding of the Tea Party. They say things like that. Whereas Ron Paul, yeah, is, there's an know, association. Uh, she's definitely sort of trying to ride that train. Well, the, you know, and admittedly, the Tea Party has started as one thing, and I think it's turned into something else. I think it started. It's as a Ron, very common thing. Started as Ron Paul and turned into Michelle Bachman. Well, it's yeah, it's it's uh, it's very common for liberty movements to get co opted by conservative movements. Which are which is conservative. The rhetoric tends to be tra- very similar. Traditionally, been very yeah, been very. Implementation, on the other hand, is yeah. highly different. Uh, the people that claim to be ready to implement these uh, conservative, uh, you know, fiscally conservative ideas, apparently can't do it because they've had ample opportunity, even within the last decade. I mean, the Congress was all Congress and and the Senate and the White House. They were all Republicans from 2000 to 2006. Everything conservative they wanted to do, they should have been able to pull that off at that time frame and apparently they couldn't do it um but now one of her campaign staffers here comes back and says that it was uh, just in jest bachman spokeswoman alice stewart said the gop presidential candidate's comment on sunday was about god with natural disasters was a joke obviously it was said in jest stewart told talking points memos but you know <laughs> i would have to hear it i would need to hear it in context to be able to really tell if that was in jest. I mean, hearing you describe it, I tried to, because I, I knew she was claiming it was in jest. I was hearing you describe it, and I'm trying to picture that, and I'm like, I can picture someone kind of saying that as a joke. If they think that people that think that are morons, <laughs> right? But I don't think, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking at her in this crowd of uh, lily white folks standing in front of the American flag, and I just don't get the impression she thinks that uh, that these people would think that that was a ludicrous comment. Maybe I'm mm. wrong. So but you think I, she's saying it in such a way and expecting them to take it quite quite literally? I don't think she was jesting. I think that the campaign's yeah. coming out and calling it a jest, and I can see that, you know, I can see how one would, you know, like there's a, a little jest to it, but at the same time, you know, obviously yeah. God wants Free Talk Live to succeed because God wants the ideas of freedom put in every man's heart. God wants this. Now, am I just Those jesting? hurricanes and earthquakes were God's punishment for statism. But, but wait a second. You're right. I mean, you know, am I jesting or am I telling the truth? Clearly, I want the ideas of liberty <laughs> in everybody's heart. I yeah. want Free Talk Live heard by everyone's ears. These, these things, um, you know, mo- are motivated for me. But, you know, am I kidding what I just said? I mean, I don't believe that. 
but I don't know that I'm kidding necessarily. I think I'm using sort of, uh, you know, it's hyperbole. Yeah, I it's hyperbole. Uh, yeah. And I don't know if I can call that a jest. And I don't know if that's what she thinks either. I mean, her husband does run one of those pray the gay away clinics, right? Oh, I don't know. Does he? Oh, her, I'm sorry. I, 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 I expected you to know that. I, knew that. I knew she was pretty bad on gay stuff. I believe. I, it's didn't, my know understanding. De- I didn't know the details. It's my understanding. I'm not supposed to know these things. I do a gay talk show, right? Yeah, so. yeah you're supposed to know anything that's gay. Um, Prometheus the, Unchained. And, <laughs> flamingfreedom.com. Flamingfreedom.com. <laughs> so it's my understanding that her husband uh, is you know, in charge of one of these pray the gay away kind of uh, places, which, you know... I, I, I we have talked in the in the past, Dale, and I really kind of agree that I think that to some extent um, homosexuality is a um, a nature thing and sometimes to some extent a nurture thing. So I can see that there's some maybe some validity in somebody changing their lifestyle from one thing to another, but I don't see any reason they would, should have to. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it it seems. Um it seems like it's it's a there's nurture and nature both to it, but either case, it's it's pretty it seems pretty well determined by around five or six it's, years it's old. Imprinted. So you got to get to them quick. Yeah, you got to right. get to you got to figure out they're gay when they're before they're five or six years old and get to work on them right away. Just you know, get right to work. And, on and I don't think Christians really care whether <laughs> and, uh, you're gay or not. They just care whether you have uh, <laughs> have uh, sex with other people yeah. of the same gender. Well, that's that's what you'll hear a lot. You know, yeah, yeah I know you you have these desires, but you need to stifle those sinful, evil desires and do these um, righteous, uh, procreative uh, things instead. Yeah, I, because we are so short on babies. Right, we don't have we enough babies. babies. We don't. Uh, we have, you know, way too many people that that want babies. So and I not think this babies. is possible to some extent. I mean, you know, look at the people that go into the priesthood. They they go without sex to some extent. Um, you know, their yeah. their whole lives. I mean, that could it's it's possible. And you then can they do and such then they a molest thing. kids. Yep, it, it certainly can warp their minds. I think it's very bad for a person to go without sex. Um, you know that I, I think it's I think it's bad news. You're trying to change your uh, sexual orientation. I I'll just get married to a woman because it's bad that I'm uh, gay. Oh, that's good for her. Yeah, it's it's all kinds of good stuff's going to come from that. But, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it's it, the the melding of uh, old religions with sort of uh, new problems makes for a lot of difficulties. Yeah, it's and, all new stuff. It's fair. It's a lot newer than people think. The whole the the all the taboos surrounding homosexuality is not nearly. It, it's it's a fairly modern thing. That it's come in waves. There have been historical periods where it has been more taboo than others, but it's mostly a modern thing. And and people retroactively go back into their religion and look for justifications for it. And it takes a lot of weird twiddling and reinterpret interpreting words in weird ways. And I've heard there like is that. one verse in the New Testament that is, uh, you know, solidly anti-gay, and that the rest of them have been sort of interpreted that way. Might have been Paul. I, I, and, Paul, and Paul was not a, real, a big fan of Paul myself. Paul had I don't, some issues. I don't think that he was. Uh, He's also he also said women shouldn't speak in church and stuff. So. Yeah, well, they should keep their little little traps shut right. for God's sake. The um, ask your husband when you get home is what right. I mean, <laughs> almost literally what he said. If you have a question about something said in church, you just ask your husband when you get home. I, I mean, you know, and, and how many girls are going to uh, women are going to put up with that in the church context? I mean, really. <laughs> Come on, my the church that I grew up in, that place was run by women. I mean, the, the, that that was, they were the foundation of that church, and if they would have gone away, the whole thing would have just poof, ceased to operate. Um, so the idea that uh, you know one would would say that is just ludicrous, and I don't know. I mean, it just it's, it seems it's like full, the book is full of contradictions to itself. You have to you have to take it piecemeal to do it, to go anywhere with it. Yeah, and so it doesn't if surprise me that people pick out just what they want. You know, if, if the message is centrally love, let's. Just just make the message love. Isn't that easier? I'm all for the message of love. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. Hurricane's going to get you. 
wanna move to the free state And you're looking for some real estate Well, I know a guy who's really great It's the Porcupine Realtor Do you want a home with 20 acres A lakeside cabin Any takers for renters Buyers and sellers too Mark Warden is the guy for you PorcupineRealtor.com Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line on Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? Man Venture Outpost carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, and boating equipment. ManVentureOutpost.com, they're... Family-owned and members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau. We know how important that is. Dealing online, you have to deal with reputable folks. Some prices, in fact, are so low at manventureoutpost.com that they can't even be mentioned on the air. You can get additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. FTL is in Free Talk Live. Get it quick. Get it from manventureoutpost.com. Dale, what kind of show prep do you have for us this evening? There's some fun stuff. Uh, There's Republican politicians being banned from... A Labor Day parade in Wisconsin. That's what I wanted to talk about. Uh, okay. That was a good one. Yeah, it's so. a fun one. Well, and I had some questions about the the whole issue because this is an area that uh, is a little confusing to me and it surprises me, some of people's positions on it and stuff like that. Yep. So uh, it's all about the, I guess it came from the whole right to work thing that happened in Wisconsin. Yes. And uh, it looks like a, uh, it's a group of Wisconsin union officials Voted to ban Republican politicians from a local Labor Day parade, underscoring <laughs> how, how partisan the state has become in the wake of this year's clashes over collective bargaining rights. And you know, politicians love parades, and it's this is really this hits them to the to the core. Politicians yeah. not allowed in parades. That, that oh really yeah, hurts them. A, a chance to get some attention yep. to themselves and 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 get Walk some down free. the street in their suit and wave at people. Oh yeah, they, they're sure that gets some kiss votes. some babies, and yeah. kick some puppies or whatever they do. So the Marathon County Central Labor... Politicians kiss babies. <laughs> babies kiss Ron Paul. Oh, okay. You see the picture on the internet? That's great. I haven't seen cute, that one yet. Very cute picture of a baby kissing Ron Paul, oh. like grabbing his face and uh, just him him, you know, looking so that, just... Bliss is really the best way to describe it. There's some great promotional crap out there for Ron Paul stuff. Yeah, that's because it's, he has an army of people willing got, to work yeah, for him for free. Yes. He's got, got a bunch of graphic designers that do it for free. Exactly. They do it on their own and put mm-hmm. the stuff out there. But the Marathon County Central Labor, Labor Council, which sponsors the parade, includes some 30 local unions... And it says that Council President Randy Radka said in a statement on the group's website that politicians are only welcome at the festivities if they have demonstrated support for workers' rights. So workers' rights means unions' rights. And um, this right-to-work thing, you seem to have uh, some level of confusion on it before the show. So do you have a question on that? Yeah, the whole right-to-work thing. And uh, there's this idea of – it sounds to me, if I understood it correctly, that – there are you know, there are unions who have bargained with their uh, with the companies that they work with mm-hmm. to say that uh, they won't hire to agree not to hire anyone unless they join the union. Okay. And is it not that the right to work is a law saying they cannot they can't do that? 
They can't have that agreement between them. Um, I, that's uh, part of it. You cannot make someone join a union to work for you. That is part of it. Um, the, but I want you to try to imagine this. Try to imagine that we, uh, we work in a big factory or whatever, and, uh, we've worked there for 10 years, and then a union comes through to unionize us. Uh, we vote, you and I vote against the unionization of the factory because we don't believe in this for whatever reason. We don't want it. And, but 50, 50 percent plus one, of the people who the workers in the union vote or in the factory vote to unionize should we have to go into the union wait hold on are you saying that the company has no say in in the, in, in this at all as i understand it um depending on the state i don't laws, think that's uh, yeah, well if there's state laws making on, it that it, was what was going on in new uh, hampshire if there's state laws saying that you know that the union that the that the employees can make people do stuff that's totally outside of the purview of the company that's, that I would that's have, the only that, way that, that this that, would that be enforceable see. though do you but, understand how well, would, I don't how think, would a union I don't make think a deal not, with a with a that's, employer? That's my understanding of how those collective bargaining rights have been done. And the unions have said, you know, we're all going to basically the union has a certain amount of bargaining power because we're all going to quit. We're all going to stop working if you don't agree to certain terms. Which is this is you know that's a contract they can do. They can work together to to make work. Uh, and by the way, I'm not a fan of unions. I don't want to give the wrong idea. But I am a, a liberty-loving person, mm-hmm. and I believe in contracts and things like that. And I think it's the businesses uh, – It's state law, it's, dude. It's, it's the business that needs to not get themselves into these horrible deals with as unions. As far as I'm concerned, it's absolutely legitimate for people to get together into a club and do whatever the heck they want with yeah. their club. So if, I, if 50% plus I, one I, of the I people, think I've heard differently from other people. I'd love to hear a caller if they know if I don't they know, know specifically what's going on in Wisconsin, but I can mm-hmm. tell you what was happening in New Hampshire. In, in New Hampshire, the law is currently right to work as opposed to this uh, more stringent collective bargaining um, situation where essentially if 51 Fifty uh, percent plus one of the employees voted in a secret ballot, or, um, or no, it was an open ballot. They were also going to go for an open ballot instead of mm-hmm. secret ballots because they were having trouble getting people to unionize with secret ballots. So they wanted to have open right. ballots so, they, so could they could properly pressure, pressure, pressure people. Yeah. And this is how they get in the door. If if a union, if if people want to get together in a union, a, a club, and call it a union, and say we're not going to work unless you uh, uh, agree to certain rules, then that's fine by me. But I don't think that anybody should be forced to join their union. No one should be forced to join a union. That's true. But if again, if the, it's, if, if a company has agreed not to hire someone unless they join the union, then they've agreed not to hire someone I, unless I, they join I, the union. I can see that, and that's too. a deal that they make with the union. I can that's see what, that. I can see that yeah. too. But um, do you see how that? Uh, you know that if you were already working at a company, how that would be, you know, wrong. What if the company agrees to fire people that aren't part of the union? What What if? What What if? I mean, doesn't that stink? It stinks, but uh, what? But I wouldn't make a law about it. Well, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't make a law about it either. I just think that uh, that's an immoral. I think it would be action. a really bad. It would be a really bad choice on the part of the company. Uh, but that's but that's their business. It's their business to run it how they please. Yeah. And if they've made agreement, they've they've made a deal with the union that we would only we will only hire people if they join the union. Then that's the deal they made, and the union you know can take some heat for it too because they're the ones pressuring the company to do that. But it's it's still free interaction between free individuals. Yeah, I, I see what you, I see where you're coming from. So on that, but it's maybe nasty. maybe I've, I've I've heard differently than what you're the one than the way you're describing it to me. The way I'd I've love, heard, I'd it. love somebody to is, call in and tell is, me something different because that unions I can tell you unions had these are deals so deep with, in bed with the government. That oh no, it's you're disgusting. right. You're right. You're right. I just don't find this necessarily to be a case of it. I think it's and and that's just it. There's a lot, especially there's a lot of them that are government unions that have uh you have government Most unions are, are government yeah employees and, and that's 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 where it gets fishy to me because now you have uh 
and this is this is the problem with uh, with a centralized, monopolized government anyway. But they're obviously making decisions with these these with these groups that are not necessarily in the best interest of the people that they're supposed to be serving. The taxpayer. Right. Right. The taxpayer and, has to pay the yeah. unions. Well, the taxpayers really didn't get to choose how the uh, negotiation process went. And it is a uh, it's a big mess. Um, yeah. Really. At it's this much point, messier in those cases. Uh, when you've got when you've got the government unions, it's really bad. And you've got unions that are pushing for changes in laws for things like higher minimum wage and different things like that. And then, yeah, that really takes me off. And again, like I said, I'm not a fan of unions. But this whole whole right to work thing seems like it's being twisted around calling it that when what you're really doing is telling businesses that they can't enter into certain agreements with unions is what it sounds like well uh, right to work is um to i mean you know right to work has advantages and disadvantages in the area of freedom and unions getting together um and you know the the, the fact is that republican politicians certainly want to use laws to prevent unions from using getting footholds into businesses business and the unions want to use the government to allow themselves to to use coercive force sure. to force people into doing it. Sure. So what and, you and have businesses and is unions two bad organizations. That. This is like the yeah, Germany yeah. and Russia fighting in World War II. There yeah, yeah. isn't a hero here. There, there are, the unions use their political – they try to manipulate politics in their favor. Businesses try to manipulate politics in their favor all the time. But that stuff happens all over the place. I mean, and the, without a doubt, I mean, you've got this, this sort of um, – well, they, I guess you call it vulgar libertarianism. People talk about the free market when we don't have one, when we have all these companies and you say, oh, companies should be able to do what they want. But, you, you don't, but these companies are lobbying for government to do things, to use violence on their behalf and to restrict their competition and all sorts of things like that, produce regulation that will help them and hurt their opponents. And, uh, and so it's not a free market. And and they they sh- you know yes yeah, so they should be able to do what they want if they were doing it without coercion but most of them are are paying for government force and so are unions it's it's really messy but so, it, this is one of those cases where it I, sounds like uh, I'll it, concur with you that government should be completely out of the area of employment but it is in there and that make that means that um, you know that you have to to some extent. You can't advocate for it completely getting out. You have to sort of advocate for how it's going to administer. Um, and, you know, it's, no, it, it I gets can't difficult. advocate for that. <laughs> I, it's, it's difficult. I mean, it's difficult. I can't to, advocate for well, that. I, mean, I do you, all you the think time. You, you seem to be, um, you know, coming I'm not, down. To I'm s- not suggesting that. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't mean that when I say I advocate for that, I'm not suggesting that it's going to happen tomorrow. Well, it's um, or, or you know, or, or I don't know to what extent it ever will. But I do, I, I do believe in taking a principled stance about about how they deal with people. I'm with a, with you like on a principled I mean, stance. You know, I just know that we don't have a principled situation, and I don't think it's fair for employees to be. I think well, this this sounds like something like you think the businesses are better than the unions, and so you should, we should argue in the businesses' favor. I'm like, I, I don't know about that. I just don't <laughs> think that employees should be forced to join a union if they don't want to. That's my opinion. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family-owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com.
Free Talk Live, 855-453-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. Go to freetalklive.com, get interactive there, as you can get interactive on the show. You can uh, list your stories. People can vote them up. You can vote other people's stories up. Vote them down, whatever you'd like to do. It's Free Talk Live, entirely interactive. Let's go to Cole in Mississippi about the right to work. Cole. Yeah. What's happening? Uh, I wikipedia the right-to-work thing, okay. or disagreeing about that. And it seems to be that in each state, you either have the right to work with a union and you're forced to, or you aren't forced to, but you can't make it to where you have to be in the union. So from what I can see, the federal government made it where you only had these two choices. He didn't have the regular so right. The federal there. government gave basically these two choices, or this is um, just the two choices that sort of have uh, evolved. Yeah, I, so far you haven't answered my. You don't. You don't. I don't feel like my question's been answered because, again, I've and, I, and I've heard this from other people that this has to do with agreements between unions and businesses on a case by case basis, whether or not you know. Uh, I know there are a lot of grocery stores that that have, have made agreements that if you want to work at the grocery store, they've made an agreement with the union that you have to join the union and that they won't hire you unless you agree to join the union. So that's a, that's something that's handled on a case by case basis. That does that particular decision does not involve the government, to my understanding, unless the government has decided to intervene in such a way and say you cannot form that agreement to do that, or or the, or they're coercing it, saying that if there's a union, then you have to join the union to join, to work for the company. That would be wrong as well, in my opinion. Cool. <laughs> well, in each state, I've only found that it's either that option or the forced union option. Yeah. I, in fact, I looked I, at the Libertarian Party platform, and they've changed it to pro-right-to-work to anti-right-to-work many times because they can't. Come to a conclusion. I think that that's what I don't, the I don't, crux see, of this, this, this agreement is, yeah. that there are, are, in fact, two coercive sets of laws, one called right to work and, and one they're called both wrong. Pro, pro-union, <laughs> and they're both wrong. And I don't think any of us, uh, you know, like, I think we're, uh, you know, Dale and I are arguing sort of the same point, but it's, you know, the communication's really bad here on this one. I, because, I have to say, honestly, I think this is just a case of I don't understand, I don't know, honestly, in, 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 either in New Hampshire or in Wisconsin, whether or not there is a – is this a blanket law about how all unions are operated everywhere or are they – because in my mind, it's to, – to, at least traditionally, I've known that, for instance, uh, a grocery store where I used to live, there was an agreement, and I understood this not to be the case with all unions everywhere, but there was an agreement between this union, they had bargained for this, and the company, the company would only hire people if they joined the union. Now, that's an agreement between the company and the union. The government has no say in that. And it sounds like uh, uh, there there are cases where the government says, well, if the union, uh, if there is a union, you have to join it as a blanket law, which is absurd to me. And uh, or the other case of right to work, where if there's a union, they cannot make you join it, and they cannot make a they cannot form an agreement with the company, even if the company decides to go along with it, to say they will only hire people that join the union, and uh, and that seems to be the other extreme case. Cool. Uh, yeah, I I found that, and think we could all agree that that is utterly wrong, but I I really can't find an instance in a state where you have the pro liberty stance. Of, right. Have a union or don't, and it's your choice. I think that's the case here. Cole, thanks for the call. Let's go to Tom in Indianapolis. Tom? Hi, guys. What's happening? Can you hear me? Yep, hear you fine. Great. Um, 
I think I went to that same grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of them that do um, that now. It's actually quite yeah, common in grocery stores that you are for you have to join the union. Um, quick question: Did, did uh, the thing that happened was it in North Carolina where was it BMW and they tried to was I can't remember what it was. It was something recently, and I'm wondering if that right to work law was in play there, where basically I. I, I want to think that this current administration basically said, no, you can't do that, and come, and they basically didn't allow them to do manufacturing. And I want to think it was automobile manufacturing in some way, shape, or form. But um, I have no, no knowledge of that. this. Uh, nobody does. Well, hmm. the a point about unions is I, I can just I really really can't speak much about this right to work. Um, well, I just I. W- I should add something. Can I, can I say, yeah, go ahead. I'd like to to, to add that um, I, I've actually inquired about Forbes about this uh, magazine. You know, they, every every year they do 100 best companies to work for. Mm-hmm. Now, wouldn't it be interesting to just do the polling and find out what percentage of those companies are are unionized companies? That and would be I, interesting. I would be willing to bet that there'd be none. And this is the irony of a union because the sole reason that they exist is to make is to to, to build this utopia work system. Yeah, and it's mm-hmm. just a fallacy. Well, what unions really exist to do is, um, and ask anybody in a union, is to propagate the union. Um, the, the union uh, sort of gives benefits to its members. There's no doubt about it. But at the same time, that you know, there are people that sort of run the administration of the union. So you add this this. There's a level of bureaucracy. There's a level of bureaucracy into the situation. And these guys are paid real oh, well. Oh, yeah. These union, union leaders are running around in oh, yeah. uh, suits for a reason. They got good, <laughs> they're getting the best bennies, more than the people actually doing the work at the company. And they're getting the money. The money's coming directly <laughs> By the way, this, from the workers. This is talking about public. This says, They mentioned public workers in this article. So it says that. Uh, right. This says so. It sounds to me like this right to work case that they're talking about in Wisconsin is specifically working, referring to public workers unions. Where I think it's completely appropriate to say, you know, for public, you know, because because this is a case where people, this is this is the government, people well, working for the government. I don't think and people should unions. be able to unionize uh, that work for the government. And and, and Frank and frankly, yeah, at the very Franklin, least, there should be there shouldn't be forced to join a union. Franklin Delano Roosevelt didn't believe it either. So yeah. I mean, you know, here's the the father of uh, modern liberalism, um, you know, saying. <laughs> That he didn't believe in it either, yeah. and I think that it's it, you know the 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 employment agreement, as it were, the uh, the social contract that goes into working for the government is entirely different than working for a for a private organization. And the fact is, almost all unions, almost all unions in the United States are private sector or public sector unions at this point. Uh, just about everybody in a union is working for the government. Mm. Anything else, Tom? Except for our, except grocery for stores. <laughs> The big three out of Detroit. I mean, that's that's a, an example of um, dysfunction. And, well, and it was government motors there for a while, wasn't it? <laughs> well, correct. But I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how anybody can advocate for unions anymore, especially in the private sector. I just, I don't, I don't really understand it in this day and age. I mean, I understand it in, they in did. history it had it had its place, but but for now. Being that the top 100 companies to work for, as I said earlier, are, are aren't these people? 
Yep. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I think it makes perfectly good sense. And what you're saying, um, I, th- I think when you boil it down to it, is that unions have outlived their l- usefulness. They were useful. They've outlived their usefulness. And now competition provides workers with better conditions. If that I, and, and the correct. openness that we have. We have Internet. We have media. We have all this stuff that if a company did the horrendous things that they've done in the past, I mean, absolutely, have. just beyond your imagination in some cases, how bad some work conditions have been. If they did that now, it would be all over the news. It would be a big deal. I mean, people would find out about it very quickly and people would go work for someone else i mean the unemployment isn't you, that have bad you right seen, uh, have you guys seen waiting for superman waiting for superman the nope. movie waiting nope. for superman it's a documentary about uh teachers unions basically no did you see it or no you haven't well you need to put that on your your netflix and okay. and watch it um i mean there's there's a just a jaw-dropping uh scene in that movie it's it's a documentary as i said and it's uh, ironically by the same guy who directed um, um, the Al Gore movie, which is escaping me right now in terms of uh, what what's called uh, an, an uh, know, inconvenient truth. Correct. Mm. Now the irony what's the is scene? that uh, what's the scene, real quick? Well, the scene is basically um, there was probably three people that were highlighted in in the realm of education that were so twenty seconds. Okay, they were so edifying in the way that they went about education. They should be running the show, and they offered a deal with the unions where everybody could keep the same pay, but if you excelled above that, you could get more. And it was a great deal for the unions, it was a great deal for students, and the unions said no. I believe there's an old quote um, from a teacher's union guy from the from the past that said, when kids start paying union dues, I'll represent kids. Uh, free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. Tom, thanks for the call. I've started playing a new online game. It's called Mine Things. It's a free online mining game. It's all in your browser. There's nothing to download. Your little mining robot guy can mine for you 24-7. You don't even need to be logged in. You compete with other players for resources in a capitalist economy. The virtually mined gold demonstrates the concept of sound money and is exchanged between players tax-free. They even accept bitcoins. Go to MineThings.com, use coupon code FTL, and double your mining speed. It's free. MineThings.com. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. It's a sickle toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. It's Mark with you. And Dale. Social Security versus private retirement counts. Professor Anthony Davies analyzes Social Security through the lens of a typical 22-year-old American, assuming Social Security is completely solvent, which is a heck of an assumption. The expected return on investment is far lower than a private account. Go Watch this video. See how compelling it is with its graphs uh, and, and, and charts there. I think it's amazing to see. Share it with your friends and family. You can get see it at learnliberty.org slash FTL. I've picked several videos there that I think are compelling, good videos that uh, you know show the foundations of the ideas of liberty. It's learnliberty.org slash FTL. While you're there, check out the Liberty Academy link on the right-hand side of the page. It's a course for people who want free Online continuing education in economics, philosophy, liberty, and rights. LearnLiberty.org slash FTL. Let's go to 
David in Keene about the right to work. David? Good evening, gentlemen. Howdy. I was going to say, I think the right to work is much more, much less in line with, like, freedom and free trade and all that and just... Um, to me, it's an intervention. It's government meddling between the employee-employer relationship. It's hard to argue that point. I mean, yeah. certainly the right-to-work laws are medd- government meddling in the in the relationship between the employee and the pl- employers. But the, the fact is, is that the unions have used the law on the other side, and you know, it's just another one of these situations where essentially it's an and it's an arms buildup on either side. Well, in the case we were discussing, it does appear to be. Referring to public unions, and in which case I think it's totally appropriate to say you can't force people to join the union, and that's a, in that case I would support a right-to-work law, because you're talking about public unions. You're not talking about unions that have made agreements with private companies. Because the government should stay out of that. You can't get the government out of the public. The problem with a union, uh, a union when it comes to a government employee is, is union workers can decide when not to work. But the taxpayer who pays the, the public employee's um, salary cannot decide when not to pay taxes. And so you right. have a coercive relationship from the very start. Oh, no doubt. And it's, uh, um, to its roots, it is poisoned. And um, well, you know, that's, that's and the that's, problem with that's, government. It is. General. I mean, I don't, I, I don't want any of those public sector things to exist at all, of course. But. But the uh, but while they're in existence, it makes it totally makes sense for there to be, uh, you know, for there to for them not be able to force people to join unions for it and stuff like that. I, I was referring when I talk about how right to work laws seem screwed up to me is when I'm with private sector where you have a union and a company and the company is making agreements with the union and they're lobbying or they're not lobbying but bargaining with each other and stuff. And that's a that should be a, a, a government government should stay out of that interaction between those two entities. David? Definitely. That's what I'm saying. I was totally in agreement with Dale. <laughs> That's all. But, uh, Dale's a super genius. Thank you, David. <laughs> David. Let's go to Mark in New Hampshire. Mark? Hello, gentlemen. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine, thank this you. This is and, Mark uh, Warden, the so- porcupine realtor. <laughs> Hi, Mark. Hi, gentlemen. Yeah, I'm the porcupine realtor, and... Um, also involved in politics here in New Hampshire. You all won the so I, New Hampshire Liberty Alliance's, uh, what was it, uh, Paid Politician Bureaucrat of the Year Award? What was that? <laughs> it's it's so a great... The, the little plaque here, it's the plaque in front of me, it says, New Hampshire Liberty Alliance Legislator of the Year. That is awesome. Uh, nice. You know, because, I mean, the fact is that your votes on these issues were rated by the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, the, uh, the, the you know, the big... Uh, liberty organization in New Hampshire to have been the most liberty oriented in the state. Right, and you know to say it's the most liberty oriented state legislator, maybe sort of a contradiction in terms, or <laughs> it's like the <laughs> the best bad apple of the bunch. But I thank you uh, for right, doing. I think it. we're doing what we can, little by little, to expand liberty here in New Hampshire. You've got my thanks for it. So, what'd you call about, Mark? Okay, so. Um, your co-host was thrown in jail, so I went to mailtojail.com and filled out a letter online, and it got sent to him, and uh, I guess he received it because I received a reply in the mail. So I, thought, I wanted to read a bit of this letter to to you guys and okay. to your listeners so this is to from... hear uh, what's going on in 
I guess, is it Keene or Cheshire County Jail? Cheshire County Jail. This is from Ian Freeman, our normal uh, first seat here on Free Talk Live. He's on uh, day 20 of his, uh, it's the day 20 of the the Ian Freeman incarceration (laughs) count-up. Yeah, so he wrote the letter uh, double-sided in pencil. I guess I'll give you a pencil in jail. You could hurt somebody with a pen. And uh, this is sort of appropriate because we were talking earlier about legislation. I'm in the state house, and uh, this is pretty good information for the committee that I'm on, which is criminal justice and public safety. Anyway, I'm just going to keep it short because I know this is radio. Let me read just a couple paragraphs. Mark, thanks for writing. Now that I've been here a week, I've had the chance to get to know some of these guys and learn why they're here. As you might imagine, many shouldn't be. I'd like to propose some simple legislative changes to reduce the number of peaceful people behind bars. Number one, the obvious one, ending prohibition or at least reducing penalties for possession and intent to distribute and paraphernalia. Number two, there are lots of people jailed in New Hampshire for driving. Not dangerous driving, but for driving while suspended. One guy in my block lived in Massachusetts and had a license there for years, but his quote-unquote privileges in New Hampshire were suspended for some violations 14 years ago. A $50 fee would have made it go away, but when he got pulled over, he went to jail for one year as a quote-unquote habitual offender. He was driving to work. Another guy... Something that happened 14 years ago. So another guy, both are in their 50s, is in for 90 days for driving while suspended. Also caught driving to work. These men have families, and now one has lost his job over this. These laws are about control and money, not safety. Habitual offender status should be eliminated, and driving slash license slash registration issues should not hold the jail time, exclamation point. So I thought that was pretty good uh, intel from inside the cage, and it's probably not a, probably not a big uh, surprise to you co-host tonight, but many of your listeners probably haven't thought about this. Yeah, it, I mean, it seems like people who are just trying to get to work or whatever, and um, you know, they they make it so they make it so difficult. This is a driving society, and it's all about fines. It's almost never about somebody being a poor driver. It's about whether or not they've paid some penalty or another. And if they don't, this is just a way to extort them, uh, extort the fee out of them. I think most people, when they do get pulled over, are, are you know, the, 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 the police always ask you, do you know why I pulled you over? Often. And I, I usually, I no, I really don't. I was driving really safely, and, and I honestly, I don't know. And I think, I think a lot of people, that they're shocked when they're getting pulled over because they do feel like they're driving quite safely. And and then, oh, they just drove past a little sign that dropped the speed limit 20 miles an hour, and they didn't see that. And now, you know, and the cop's waiting a block or two up the street for them to not have slowed down, slammed on their brakes fast enough or something. And, of course, often they're fishing expeditions, right? They look for a taillight out or your license plate bulb not working. Indeed they or do. stuff like that. They can pull you over, and then they can have a peaceful arrest for somebody who wasn't, wasn't bothering anybody, but they'll catch you on some... Uh, uh, administrative infraction. Mark Warden, thank you for the call. 855-450-FREE. 
Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. Cycle toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. Go check out amp.freetalklive.com. It is an opportunity for you to join our little Mouseketeer Club here at Free Talk Live. You can get some benefits by joining AMP at amp.freetalklive.com. The, uh, the money that you pay for your membership dues, as it were, will go to advertise, market, and promote Free Talk Live. None of it goes to paychecks. As if paychecks are bad or something, but uh, you can be sure that your money is used in a specific fashion. It's amp.freetalklive.com. Like I said, there are some perks among them, a commercial-free podcast. Check out Public Choice, Why Politicians Don't Cut Spending. Using public choice economics, or the economics of politics, Professor Ben Powell shows how voters rationally ignore what politicians do. This leads to concentrated benefits and dispersed costs, favors recipients of government payments at the expense of taxpayers. This video lays it all out real quick, why it is the government doesn't work, not here, not anywhere, that you know, the politics of it, it's government working exactly the way it's supposed to. Go see this video. It's two minutes long. It's well worth the, uh, the watch. LearnLiberty.org slash FTL. Once you watch the video, share it on your Facebook page. Show it to your friends and family. And check out the Liberty Academy link on the right-hand side of the page. While you're there at LearnLiberty.org slash FTL, it's a course for people who want free online continuing education, economics, philosophy, liberty, and rights. LearnLiberty.org slash FTL. It's Mark. And Dale. On Free Talk Live, let's go to Guthrie in Maryland. Guthrie? Hello. What's happening? Not much. Hey, guys. Um, I just had to talk about the the union thing. Okay. Uh, but first of all, I want to say that for a couple of calls ago, I think he was referring to the Boeing uh, debacle down there in South Carolina, where so, Boeing tried to move plant to South yeah, Carolina. I, now, now I remember. Now that you say it's Boeing, I, I recall. And the government said, apparently said, no, you can't do that. Yep, you can't move. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, can't. yeah. Yeah, because they were um, changing states because they wanted better conditions, uh, work conditions um, in the state. You know, like one state was arduous for them to be in um, politically, right. so they were changing to one that was going to be less so. And basically the, the gov- federal government said, nope, you can't do that. And I can see why the federal government might say that. They are their biggest customer, right? Right. And, and well, and the, the uh, probably has a lot more to do with the political representation, senators and congressmen from Washington State, even though supposedly it wasn't going to cost them any jobs in Washington, it was just going to add jobs in South Carolina. Sure. Uh, we all know that government sees everything as a zero-sum game. Uh, don't worry. Once the uh, once uh, Obama's out in, in uh, you know, a few more months, then uh, you know, it'll be a Republican in office, and then you know, everything will be – then it'll be uh, swaying towards the sides of business as opposed to the side the of workers. Yeah, meet the new boss. Same as <laughs> yep. Exactly. Uh, but I was what I one one thing I wanted to say was um, the that for me you have to start 
by going back to first principles as far as like my approach to unions is, which mm-hmm. is that people have a natural right to associate and they have a natural right to contract. Yes. And so insofar as a union is a group of people who voluntarily associate and collectively try to contract, you know, their labor with an organization, there's nothing wrong with it. But but the reality is is that in the starting in the 1930s with the New Deal, the government basically came in and started interfering and basically put its thumb on the scales heavily in favor of organized labor and gave essentially gave them rights to interfere in the private contract of labor between employers and employees um, that if you or I tried to do it, the FBI would lock us up for racketeering. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm. I mean, let's face it. If, 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 why is it that if the mafia, if a mafia person was to walk in and say, hey, you know, you got a nice shop here. Be ashamed if something happened to it. Tell you what, if why don't you give me a hundred dollars every week and I'll make sure nothing happens, uh, I would be investigated and put in jail. But if a union does that, we're told, oh no, that's just that's just representing the interests of working people. Um, and uh, I don't know. I'm sorry, I, I missed the name of your co-host. Dale. For me. Dale. Yeah. Dale. Sorry, hi, Dale. Hi. Um, the other thing I was going to say is, is that you were talking about the right to right to work laws. Uh, to me, if a you, you said, you know, if, if, a, if an employer agrees to only hire members of a union, what's the problem? Well, there isn't one. But if, a, if there is such an agreement, then there's, no, there's really no reason for the government to get involved. Because it's, it's, it's entirely, it's a voluntary relationship. As an employer, I have the right to say, I'm sorry, I only hire people who belong to that group over there. And, there's, and I'm not doing anything discriminatory because I have the right to hire whom I want. But the right-to-work laws pretty much exist as a response to the government interfering in that relationship. But are they a good response is what we're trying well, to decide. Any, any response by government is de facto flawed to begin with. I'll agree with you but, on that. But it, in the sense that it is an attempt to reassert a natural right, I think it was, it was a, a, a laudable effort because it's to me, essentially what it was saying is, is that in historically the progressive movement decided that it had the right to come in and tell people who they had to hire and what they had to pay them. And the right-to-work movement was more or less a response to come back and say, no, there is, a, there is a private voluntary relationship between a person selling their labor and a person buying that labor. And there really is, other than to prevent force or fraud, what is the role for government in that relationship? Only force and fraud would be my opinion. Exactly. So, do, why in the world? Why in the world do we have federal laws? For instance, in full, going full circle, why do we have federal laws that would allow the federal government to tell Boeing, a private corporation, that they are not allowed to move operations from one U.S. state to was, another? Was it a federal law, or was it well, just it was the, the federal, federal government was, they, asserting they were, they, its yeah, power? Were, I think they were asserting. I think they were asserting some arcane. Um, rule that that's you know kind of almost like Davis Bacon or one of those one of those types of rules, not Davis Bacon, but something along those lines, to to say, oh, you can't do this. Uh, and right. I'm still not exactly sure from whence they derive that authority, but I've given up asking that question about everything the government does because it only leads to 
subjective frustration. Right. I think that probably the Boeing uh, lawyers could have uh, fought that one, but they know what they couldn't fight is that the, the federal government would, you know, be mad at them and not buy as many planes that drop uh, bombs on people that go kaboom um, from them. And I suspect that's what the, the true issue in, in that area is. Uh, Guthrie, thank you for the call. Let's go to Paul in Oklahoma City. Oh, so pretty. Paul. Hello, how are you doing? All's well. Well, what I want to bring up is uh, I'm calling the flip side of the union thing. I'm in a local union here. It's a building trades union. Well, the main difference with us is um, it's it's negotiating and everything like that. But the deal is <clears throat> is we uh, I work for a contractor. Like the last caller saying, they hire only union labor. The contractor came up. That's the way they were. Mm-hmm. Most of our contractors are union. They uh, they came up with you know like the son starts off as a union, the family carries it on, uh-huh. and the thing is with us is we uh, we bid against non-union competition, so it's up to us to go to school and get trained and be better and make ourselves yeah make ourselves a more efficient worker. Yep. to work against a lower pay scale. And this so, happens you know, in a lot of cases. Uh, I, Paul, I would just, just to stop you here, and I think that this is the best argument for unions, is that in some states, in some places, in fact, the um, the skilled labor unions can operate sort of as guilds or tra- uh, you know sort of old trade unions where you have the very best workers uh, that happen to you know this is where they work they chose to, they choose to go to these places because they'll get the best uh, wages for their work and they in fact are the best workers because they are bidding against uh, you know people who are in the private marketplace and oftentimes you will find um, some of the best workers in that that situation yeah that's that's exactly what I'm talking about is it's um I'm in a building, a skilled trades building union, you know, and uh, that like the plumbers, pipe fitters, and such like that, and that's uh, that's our competition is non-union, so we aren't digging anybody's pocket. And the people, I say, well, you know, they go in and they flip shops and make it hard on a business owner, but honestly, down here in Oklahoma, that rarely happens. Paul, thanks for the call. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Free Talk Live. I can truthfully say that VerbalSurgery.com, best daggum podcast I've ever learned to change my neurology right now. Feeling good, feeling better about myself right now. VerbalSurgery.com gets inside of my brain, massages those sweet old brain lobes inside of my head. Feeling better right now. Even now I feel better and I want to go and listen to some VerbalSurgery.com right now. Go do it, baby. Feeling good. Bitcoins. You can buy them and you can sell them. They're a great little commodity. You can accept them for your own products and services. But what do you do once you have them? Why you spend them, of course. SpendBitcoins.com allows you to spend them all in one place. From SpendBitcoins.com, you can spend your Bitcoins at major online retailers such as Amazon, Fishpond, Barnes & Noble, memory dealers, and more. When you want to spend Bitcoins, go to SpendBitcoins.com. Free Talk Live, 
855-450-3733. It's the SACL toll-free call-in line. I suppose there's a, a chance that we can squeeze you in if you give us a call there real quick at 855-450-3733. What if you found out the best liberty activists from around the world were moving to the same place in order to achieve liberty in their lifetimes? Would you want to join them? It's happening, and you can be part of it. Join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. Go there, check out their website, sign up. It's freestateproject.org. Dale, you're a mover. I'm a mover. It's It seems to be one of the best things going in the uh, area of liberty. It's the best years of my life since I moved to New Hampshire. I met some really great liberty-loving people as well as, well as a... Some a lot of other a lot of our friends here are people who moved as well for as part of the Free State Project. Now you used to have your own show. It's called uh, Prometheus Unchained at FlamingFreedom.com, and you are going to probably give up your Monday night position here on Free Talk Live in order to concentrate on that a little more. Is that the idea? Yes, I have essentially moved to another city in New Hampshire. Yeah, you're in that's Manchester, pretty far away uh-huh. from here, and uh, it's just uh, I'm, it's just not. Uh, it's too cumbersome for me to keep coming to Keene. I'm building a studio where I'll be doing my show out of in Manch and uh, and just be carpooling down on Sundays for the show in the meantime. So until so. until your studio is built there, you're going to come down here with uh, your co-host, Neil, yeah. uh, do Prometheus Unchained, and then Go hang right out back. a little bit and, yeah. and head back. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're certainly going to miss you on Free Talk Live, and you're certainly welcome when you happen to be in town. To uh, yeah, I'd, I'd to still like in. to do the show when I can. I just uh, all my my heart, all those fans out there that that tune in on Monday nights just for me. I, I, won't I get be a feedback regular. that I, I really I do get feedback <laughs> that say that uh, you know people are saying that you're their favorite. Uh, oh, certainly, other hosts get have people that say the same thing, but yeah. there are people out there that you know are your fans for Monday nights. There's no doubt about it. Well, I told people, I said, hey, uh, it's my last night, so if you want to argue with me about something, call in. <laughs> argue with me now while you have a chance. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I'll still come on when I can, when I'm in town, because I'll be visiting. It's, I'm not that far away. I just It's not something I can do every single weekend, yeah, practically. It, really, the issue is whether or not you'll be here uh, for a 7 to 10 p.m. time slot, because um, uh, you, you certainly will be showing up in town doing your right. show and, and things like that. But it's the question is, will you be here for, for that time slot and we'll be able to Yeah, I won't in. be here on a weekly basis for it. That's the problem. Yep. So I can't be a regular. Well, you know, uh, all the best, and I hope that uh, flamingfreedom.com really takes off and that you guys, uh, you know, turn it into a, a, you know, a big show where lots of folks listen. Yeah, I hope so. It's it's doing well, I think. So Well, let's go to Captain Ned in Florida. Captain Ned. Hey, free and Freeman, day 20 of uh, being in a cage, man. Indeed. It's terrible. Hey, also free, Bob. Well, we're at a free Bernie Madoff. Two, uh, two guys <laughs> <What>? were... <laughs> two guys are uh, alleged perpetrators of essentially victimless crimes. I mean, anybody who invested with Bernie Madoff and didn't know they were getting into the Ponzi scheme shouldn't even be handling money at McDonald's. You know what I mean? I don't know uh, on this one, Ned. I mean, I have to say that this is, I mean, admittedly, it's easy to sit there on the outside and say, well, how come he was making so much money? But it's hard to ask questions when you've got the guy who's making a lot of money and a lot of other smart people are, are giving their money to him. And, you know, whether or not, you know, in retrospect, it, you probably should have known that that much is true. But I mean, it's a it's fraud. The guy, you know, I think what he should be out is it's out working so he can pay people back. I don't think he should be in a jail cell because it doesn't really do any good. But um, you know, as he, he deserves some kind of punishment. Well, I knew that would perpetrate a little uh, discussion here, but anyway, I'd like to get real quick to this. Uh, <laughs> the right to work is all. 
always the right to work for less. I know a little bit about unions. I've done a little bit of, uh, little bit of work for unions. And uh, the the top tier, okay, lead off with Mississippi, where the gentleman called from, that's always number 50 and everything at the bottom. That's the that's the quintessential right-to-work state. And most of the southern tier, you get Mississippi, Carolinas, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, on and on. The right to work is always the right to work for less. The union has to represent those people, but they do not have to pay union dues. That's the crux of it. So yeah. you have to represent people who are not paying any dues. It's just a, it's just a, I mean, anybody who thinks that, like the gentleman who just called and he says, you know, this, this great individual contract between business and labor, uh, in its unrestricted form today can be seen by these right to work states. As well as back in the day, you can read books like uh, The Jungle from Sinclair, The Birth of Unions in the uh, Several States United. It's the same stuff going on down there as it was as was going on up in Chicago and uh, up in Sinclair's days. You well, know, so, you know, these big business crying, it's, it's like Purdue chicken. You know, come on. It's well, do you labor. think that – well, hold on, though. I, 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 if it's a private sector, then certainly – we talked about this. If you have a private sector job, uh, company – not a public company, because in a public company, I don't think you should have unions at all. But because it, uh, it's not, it's a violation of the taxpayer. But if you have a private sector uh, company and there's a union that forms, and they and they and it, that's all a voluntary organization that they form, and they and they um, make do collective bargaining with the company, and the company agrees we'll only hire people if they join the union, and that's right. an agreement they make with the union. That, that that seems totally reasonable to me. But as far as forcing someone to join the union. Through the law, does that not seem uh, a complete violation of rights there? Well, you've got to work break this down into individual work places, Dale. I mean, most people aren't, uh, you know, uh, computer programmers for uh, Apple. You know, these guys are talking about the best places to work. That's not where Joe Lunchbucket goes to work every day. Come on, it's ridiculous. Wait, what do you say? I, I, I haven't heard. You haven't answered my question. Do you think is it not a violation of rights to force someone to join a union through the law? No, they don't have to work okay. there if they don't want to. You know, you're trying to break. No, 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 no. I understand. No, no. But I'm saying I'm not. I'm not. I like. I, I agreed with you. If there's a private sector company and the union has bargained for that, for that with the company, and the company has agreed, yes, we'll only hire people who who agree to join the union. But I said having the law interfere and say you have to join a union. That well, certainly you know, is a violation like, of rights. It's like when you try and you know you try and sign your union, you, your cards to certify a union. The, the government has to step in because these these companies are going to intimidate. They have a long history of intimidating employees. Well, so do unions. Sign. So do yeah, unions. Yeah, they're, well, they're trying to. Let's just go back to trying to certify. There's, there's two sides you that are, I, I, I think they're both evil. <laughs> they're well, both. They're both. They both got a history of violence well, and coercion, know, without you're, a you're doubt. Between the, you're between the devil and the deep blue sea, like the people in the hurricane. One way is the devil, the other way is the water. But you're, you, you're going to have to go one way or the other, you know. Are you? You're actually so, you're suggesting no for government interference and forcing people to join unions, though, and that's what blows my mind. Are you actually suggesting that, or help well, me understand? I, I'm, just, I'm just saying you're between the devil and the deep blue. Uh, read the Read the Jungle by Upton Sinclair. In that case, I said, I'm yeah, I said, yeah. So some of that has been debunked. Some kind of, What's that? Some of the some of the jungle has been debunked from a historical standpoint. Well, I, I mean, mean it was back, a work of fiction. I mean, it was like it's just the same thing. You know, you get your arm cut off next. We got plenty of kids who are ready. You know, thirteen year olds want to work here. 
That, that much is true, but you're giving a bunch of sky. Is, I guess. I guess the question that I, I would ask the question that the previous caller asked is: How many of those top 100 companies to work at are unionized, and why is it that the top 100 to um, company that few or none of those companies are unionized? Well, because these guys are highly educated, or computer programmers, or right. You know, you know what I'm saying? They're they're but engineers. A skill is a skill. That doesn't have anything to skill, do with it being a top 100 boat company. Captain or slinging well, a hammer is a skill, and. It, you're talking exactly. about the top 100 companies, though. They don't all... You, yeah, as you go down the ladder, there's less of a demand. But these guys, even working for these top 100 companies, are getting their ox gored by these guys from India. They're going to find that out. There's no protection for them. They're farming these jobs off. Well, the reason the... I, I like Trump saying, hey, slam the door on Chinese slave labor. You cannot compete with that. You're all going to be slaves when they tell you... You know, you have the right, you, you know, you're going to compete with these guys. All they're telling you is you're going to be a slave just like those guys in Red China. Those you can you can compete with it because you can compete in many, a myriad of other ways. There are lots of different things that people I buy besides that. price. There's, there's ways to do it, but they're not going to give you the time to do it. You know, let's just open a door and let 30 million Red Chinese in next, next year, and then the year after, let's let another 30 million in, all in the, in the spirit of free competition. Come on. Well, I think, that that, I think that that would be the only thing that could save this competition, this, this, this country. <laughs> Uh, Ned is is frankly, if you had more demand for products in this country, you would see business be, uh, you know, be revitalized. Uh, if you, you there's a demand for housing, I don't know if you're aware of this, but housing's uh, in a real slump. If you let oh, a bunch of people in, they they would s- suddenly demand that housing. Prices would go up all over the place. Everybody would be making money if you had more people come in. Well, I maintain now. I'm going to jump the other side of the coin real quick. I maintain that the reason there's no demand for housing is nobody's making any money because Red China's flooding. Us, these companies are these countries are flooding us with the slave labor produced goods. But that, those are the goods. The who can, but if you allow free people to move across borders freely, you will see that change because they'll they'll lose their very best workers. Will want to come over here. Uh, that, that's another double in the deep blue, guys. But hey, thanks a lot, Mark. And, thanks, and, Captain. Uh, Dale, great, great time. Free talk live. It's been Mark with you and Dale.